communion. And, and communion, um, it, when you when to think about it, what was the one thing? We're not going to do it right now. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> They're really keen. <laughs> it's after I share. So I was just talking about it. Thank you, guys. Um, but you think about it. What was the one thing in, in, in that Jesus emphasized just before he died on a cross? I mean, he had a meal with his disciples, um, uh, you know, and uh, that's famously been painted, you know, the Last Supper. I've seen that uh, painting in Paris. Thanks, team. You can relax. Sorry, it'll be after my... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> They're so diligent. Why don't you give a hand to these incredible people who continue to serve us? My mistake. Um, but... Um, Jesus, one of the last things he did, and you know, you'd like to think that the last thing you'd do, if you knew that you were going to die, and, and I've seen, I've been with people who knew they were going to pass away, and, and, and the, the last things they do are pretty important. The things they say to their family, the things that they, they gather their family around, they talk to them, they love them, they, they spend time with them as much as they can, and then they pass from this life to the next. And so Jesus did the similar thing. He spent time with his immediate family. It wasn't his natural family. I think, I think he did talk to his mother, probably Mary. I don't know where Joseph was, his adopted dad. Um, uh, but he did gather his disciples who were the, the, the men. And there was a number of women who, who were in that upper room too in Acts chapter 2 and who were a part of that. But specifically, this meal was with his disciples. And, and he had this meal um, he, sh- he, he, stopped, he stopped the meal and then he, he went into another segment of the meal where it wasn't the meal, it was something very significant about what he did in sharing of a piece of bread and a, and a, and a cup of wine. And I want to read, um, if it was significant, you think about it, Jesus could have done a nem- number of things. You know, um, you know, when you die, you make sure your will's in place and you do all those type of things. But Jesus specifically did this because he knew how important it would be, not just for his disciples while they were alive. He was talking, he was thinking, um, he was talking, he was thinking over 2,020 years later when you and I would sit in a church on a Sunday morning at 8.30, whatever time it is now, 9.01, on a Sunday morning, um, and, and we would partake and we would share again and we'd talk about what Jesus did. And, you know, it's wonderful that the disciples wrote about it in the Bible. In actual fact, it, it just wasn't kind of shown in, in, the, in the Gospels, you know, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. It was also written about in other letters to the churches. And in 1 Corinthians, there was two letters they wrote, um, Paul wrote to uh, the church in Corinth. And in 1 Corinthians, he wrote about this incredible thing that happened. And he gave it some more detail in chapter 11, verses 23 to 26. Um, 1 Corinthians, and he says this. So it's pretty significant what Jesus did. And if it's significant to Jesus, I think it was significant not just for him then, it was significant for us today. It's significant right now. In actual fact, I think it's significant every day of your life. Every day. Now you might say, do you mean take communion every day? Well, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But maybe not that, but you've got to start to think about this. I literally think about the, the principles of communion and what, what it's about, which I want to share with you this morning. I try to do it every day. I don't actually literally grab a cup and, and that, but I do, in some senses, my heart. So in 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote about it, 11, chapter 11, verse 23 and 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. This is the, the exact words of the Lord Jesus, okay, some of these words. For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. Um, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was portrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, what did he do? 
he, are you there? He, what, broke it? Yep, come on. He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. They're the exact words of Christ. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then in verse 25, in the same way after supper, so after the main meal, he took the cup. He says, this cup is the new covenant or the new promise in my what? Blood, eh? Wow. Um, see, I think sometimes we can get so used to reading this that we forget the significance of it. I'm talking about me. Maybe no one else. But, you know, I, I've got to just... His blood. We don't often talk about blood, but when, you know, there's life in the blood, isn't there? Yeah, I lose all my blood, you know, I'm gone. Um, so the new promise in his blood. Do this. Do this, he says. Whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. So whenever you drink it, so can I just say, some people say, oh, you got to do it. This, you got to do it. No, no, no. Do it every day. Don't do it every day because you get religious. Do it every day because you want to do it because you want to remember. You know, some people say, oh, you've got to have it every, you know, no. No, no. The Bible doesn't say that. It says, just whenever you do it, do it for the right reasons. And then 26, for whatever you, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So there's the reason why we do it. We proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You know, when our life depends on something, would you agree that we would engage in that? When our life depends on breathing, we're going to engage. We're going to make sure that we can get breath every second of every day. I was just watching yesterday... I just turned on the telly um, very quickly, and I watched this show literally for about three minutes. And because um, you turn it on, and a channel comes up, and it was there's one of those real life ambulance shows. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? And they had this precious lady, probably in her uh, late early 40s, and she was sitting in the ambulance, and she had an oxygen mask, and she was not looking well. She, she's like this, and the ambulance officer is asking her questions, and I, and I did have the thought, just leave her alone, let her breathe. But she was, they'd, they'd got her because she was having an asthma attack. Now, I don't suffer from asthma, but for those who do, I can appreciate when you go through a time where you cannot get breath, that would be horrific and a terrible feeling. Is that true? That is it. When you cannot get breath. And so you can appreciate our life depends on that oxygen. Actually, it, the air, it's only about 18% oxygen. The rest is nitrogen and everything else. But when you breathe... That's life into our lungs. And we do it automatically. We don't think about it. But you think about it, you take away that. And an asthma person understands that when breath is taken away, that's a terrible feeling. And so you gotta, so we depend upon breath every day. And I'm grateful. And there's other things that we need to engage in that give us life every day. You, you, you know, you've got to eat every week. I mean... Every month, they say you can go a month or two without food, but you know, you've got to eat. It sustains you. The other thing you've got to do is you've got to drink water every, they, they say, three days without water and you're not going to be too good. But you've got to drink water, and we usually do every day, drink some, um, you know, that liquid every day. Because our life, what? Our life, what? Depends on it. Can I say what I've just read to you? Not, not just so much the verses, but the principles and the truths of what was put in place over 2,000 years ago, around the table of some disciples in a, in a room, in an upper room, it, that our life depends on this. Not our physical life in some ways. So much it does in some ways. 
but our spiritual life, our, our ability in, in the presence of God, it, it, our life and our future heaven-bound destination, it depends on this. And to have abundant life depends on simply this, this truth. Life depends on it. Just like, just like breathing, we're, we're so much need that. Just like air, water, um, food. I tell you what, and this is why I, I, I get challenged in my heart that I sometimes don't, don't see the importance of this as much as we should because it sustains me and sustains life on me through my spirit and in my person because of this simple what I want to share uh, today. See, the verse talks about quite literally... Paul's talking about remember Jesus' death. And after having a meal, it took a moment uh, to eat a piece of bread and a little wine, specifically to remember what Jesus had done for them. Very convenient, straight after the meal, isn't it? And this verse says, we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And when we eat of the, the biscuit or the bread or whatever it may be, and drink of the cup or whatever it may be, grape juice or whatever, you know what? It says we're proclaiming Jesus' death or we're confessing all the benefits of what Jesus Christ has done for us in his death. We can, we, that's how we need to see it. We need to see all his benefits. You see, Jesus is the ultimate example of, of, of a person who took the punishment for us so that we didn't have to receive, but we received. He took the punishment, we received the benefits. Because um, um, there's a verse, let me read Psalm 100. I've got a number of verses today, so we'll... Just use scripture, Psalm 103, verses 2 to 5. It says, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his what? There it is, benefits. Forget not all his benefits. And then it says, and then it outlines some things. Who forgives all our sins and heals all, our, all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires of good things so that your youth is restored or renewed like the eagles. What a wonderful promise. And you know what? Psalm 103 was written hundreds of years before Christ died on a cross and rose again for us. And it is an amazing, that was a prophetic a truth that was pointing to the time what Christ would do for us and the benefits would be released upon humanity and we are the recipients of those benefits today tomorrow every day every second every hour of our lives we can receive the benefits and that's the thing that sustains our lives and so I want to outline just several of the benefits is that cool because when we come to communion I believe that this is an opportunity to say thank you to him for what he has, because it says remember, it says remember, doesn't it? It says you proclaim, remember when you eat and drink, it says because you're proclaiming the Lord's death. Now this is not about remembering glorifying death, it's about glorifying the realities and the principles of what Jesus died for, so that we could have life. And they're incredibly practical, his benefits. Can I give you one? We are redeemed by this, from the slavery of sin. Redemption means someone paid a price. You know, someone paid a price. Uh, someone paid the price uh, and gave me um, at Christmas. They pay a price and they give me a gift: socks, jocks, and tish and hankies, all those type of wonderful things. Every man just wants every Christmas. But you know, someone paid the price. In other words, they gave money for it and they gave it to me for free. I didn't have to pay it. That's what redemption means. And it says here um, that he redeemed us from the slavery of sin. In other words, sin can be, we can be enslaved to some habits, can't we? 
We can, we, can, we can find our lives caught up in certain things that are just not healthy for us. And we know that even though our flesh may be excited and, and it gets, uh, our flesh likes it, but we know in our heart, oh, this, eventually there's a sting in the tail, it'll, it'll kill you, you know. So we see it, we see it. can I turn to a, um, a, a, Paul wrote about this to the church at Rome. And he wrote an incredible description that's quite horrific, but let me, and some of you have heard this description of, of what sin's like, but let me explain it to you. It says in Romans chapter 7, 22 to 25, it, it says this, For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see uh, another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Because Paul's been really honest. Don't you love how the New Testament writers just are really honest? I've got a law, of, I've got habitual sin that's working in my life here. What a, what, what a wretched man am I? Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Verse 25, thanks to be to God. Thanks be. Thank you. That, isn't it great that Paul doesn't remain in that, that, that state of, oh, <laughs> I'm a wretched man. No, he says, because he already knows the answer. He says in verse 25, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. He says, you know what? Thanks be to God. There's a breakthrough coming. There's a good thing can happen. And Jesus Christ set it in place on a Roman cross 2,020 odd years ago when he said, you know what? Uh, you don't have to be, you can be redeemed from the slavery of those, those sins and habitual sins and this is the scripture he, he gave of it he says you know what um you rescued me from this body that is subject to death the story goes that in some roman empires in jewish times uh, you maybe heard this story uh, but please receive it again if a person was a, a habitual murderer in some places they didn't carry this out in other places they did if a person murdered endless people and just you know they take that person and they'd condemn them to death themselves this way they would take one of the dead bodies that they they'd um, killed and they'd tie the body to their body face to face chest to chest legs to legs tie them bind them together and throw the the live murderer and the dead body strapped to his body in a dungeon and let him rot and die that would have to be the most horrific way to die Please engage your imagination just for a moment and then let God take it and redeem you from that thought. But just imagine in a rotting in a jail with a body, a dead body, as maggots slowly eat through the body and start to eat your body. That would have to be a horrific way to die, would you agree? So Paul is giving us a description because he knows what's happened because Paul has been in some of those jails, folks. He's been in some because he's been in prison in Rome. And 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 he knows how horrific that is, but that's a description of what sin does to us. It slowly wants to destroy and eat you. Sin, the first time we sin, doesn't, doesn't take us out, but it just paves the way to slowly and slowly and slowly destroy our lives. But I've got good news for you today. Jesus Christ said, you know what? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. The fact that he died and was rose again, we can have victory over the very things that want to destroy our lives. I, I, I just find that I, my prayer today would be that you'd have a revelation and a revelation of that 
simple, if there's nothing else I say, but you have a revelation that just what Jesus Christ can do to you, I pray I'd be a happy person. And more than anything, God would be happy today about that. If we could understand that. But there's more. Everybody say more. There's more benefits. You know what? It says we're redeemed from the curse of the law. Can I explain this one? Uh, Galatians chapter 3.13, just one verse. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Here we go. By becoming a curse, what? For us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is, hung, who is hung on a pole, which is NIV version. New King James says tree. Um, and if you want to be, uh, we know it's called a cross. Okay? Because the cross was basically two trees. One was a vertical, the other was horizontal. Two big branches of trees that was made into a cross. And so we see the verse says that, um, and now, what's the curse of the law? You say, what is that about? Well, the curse of the law is, yeah, it's death, uh, good point. But the curse of the law is, is that, you know, Old Testament um, Israel, God gave them a law to live by because they didn't yet have the redeeming factor of Jesus. And so they had all these rules. But you know, who knows? They couldn't keep all the rules. Who knows that we, you and I can't keep all the rules? Uh, it's not that we don't want to do all the rules. It's just that we're not perfect, okay? And I'm not, not giving us, saying, trying to say that um, we should be, but at the same time, I'm not trying to say that we can't continue to walk forward in Christ. It's in Christ that we can see. Um, but the truth is, the curse of the law is, is if you can't keep all the rules, you're going to be cursed. And you say, well, we're all dead people. Well, you're right. Because we can't keep all the rules. <laughs> I, I, I've tried. But the good news is that Jesus Christ came along because even in the Old Testament, when they couldn't keep all the rules, once a year they'd bring a lamb or a dove or they'd come and bring it to the priest. He'd sacrifice, the blood was shed, and they were forgiven by God for their sin. Isn't that wonderful? And so they weren't under the curse anymore. Of course, we now know Jesus Christ became that once and for all lamb, sacrificial lamb, and so the curse is dealt with. And isn't it what this is what the scripture is saying in Galatians? Christ redeemed us. In other words, he paid the price again. He bought the presence for us so that we from the we're redeemed from the very curse of what the law says. The law says perfection. You and I can't give God to perfection. Even the very best people in the world, even for the most purest, morally upright people in the world, they're not perfect. Now, that doesn't give us an escape to say, well, I'll just go and do what I want to do. No, no, that will destroy your life. <laughs> uh, no, let's, but we, we, we strive to, to do the things that are right because we love Him, not just because we have to. See, if you want to do everything right because you feel like you have to, because of God will appease God, you're on the wrong track as well. God's not impressed by your perfection. God's impressed by your heart and love for Him. In your devotion and presence with him and so we can't but he brought jesus along that we might be the curse of the law doesn't hit us it hits jesus on the cross i'm glad that he was elevated because god's really up there jesus was up a little bit and i'm down here and when god says you should receive the punishment for your sin christ says ah i'll take that thank you and he did and he, received, he took the curse of the law, so that I don't have to take it. So that's an incredible benefit, isn't it? But everybody say, there's more. There's more. What a wonderful benefit that is. There's more. It says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. Here we go. Here's a good one. 
um, 53.5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, or uh, another word for that was sin. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. <laughs> and I hear you this morning, you say, just wait a second, I don't get healed every time I pray for it, and I understand that. And I would like to tell you, I have not got the answer. <laughs> but it's not going to stop me from believing and praying. And, 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 but maybe sometimes we, we just need to stand upon the promise and say, Jesus, instead of just praying for healing, say, Jesus, you, took, you, you, you died for my healing and health. You died for it. <laughs> See, the Word of God says that the God has made an opportunity for us to be healthy and whole. Now, we've got to take into consideration that we're all getting a little older and bones start to creak and sore and all things happen. And, and so ultimately, we're going to pass away. Okay? And usually we pass away. Uh, very rarely do we pass away. We're, we're just kind of healthy and fit and just bang, stop breathing and die. Now, sometimes that happens to people. Um, I'd think that would, I'd love that to happen to everybody and God just takes us really quick. But more than likely, unfortunately, because of the sin of this world and because of issues of this world, I'm going to die because some disease or some sickness tries to get into my body and it weakens my organs and eventually my heart. Am I being negative? Yeah, but I, I'm just being real, real. Okay. But I want to say something about it. The truth is, is that maybe sometimes um, you need to, um, to receive the blessing of health once God heals you, you maybe you need to change the way that you live so that you continue to have your healing and blessing. Like what you eat. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that you eat bad. Like what you drink. I'm not saying you drink. I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Because I see some people get awesome healing and then all of a sudden, a month later, they're back at the same point again. I say, what's happening there? It's just maybe a changing of a bit of lifestyle. I'd like to think we could all live to a grand old age. Wouldn't that be good? But the reality is, is that uh, we don't uh, because Adam and Eve decided to be disobedient and we've <laughs> inherited a sin nature and uh, we inherit sickness as well, unfortunately. So there, there can be factors, but, uh, uh, you, know, um, you know, look, several weeks ago when we were praying in our church here for healing for people, um, you know, there was several, Pastor Carl Butler was here. Who received any healing right then? Oh, yep, yep, there. You've got a great testimony. You need to share that one day. I received healing that day too because I was really naughty and came to church with a slightly sore throat. <laughs> yeah, I confess. You can dob me in and if I'm not here next Sunday, I'll be in a jail somewhere. <laughs> and you can, it's okay. But I came and I stood over there in both services, I prayed because the first time I prayed I believed God to take it right away and then this and it wasn't taken away in the second and then the second one I prayed and that afternoon it was completely gone now you may say oh that's just you know sometimes we, we just give natural answers to miracles don't do that if God does a healing just thank him just believe me and I, and I haven't had the sore throat since okay so you can so I just say well thank you God but some of us have incredible healings of what God's done you talk to, um, I remember one Sunday morning, Sandy, um, Sandy Coot Malcolm, Pastor Malcolm, Sandy was with a certain ailment within her body, and on a Sunday morning, she was sitting behind me, many, many years ago, 10 years ago, 
and, and I turned around and I just felt so compelled to pray for her. And I just laid hands and I prayed for her. You know what? She received an instant healing and it was quite a big thing that she was facing. And I said, God, you are so good. Miracles happen. And I want to tell you why they happened. We, we might have a lot of reasons why we think they happened. But the reason they happened was because a man hung on a cross 2,020 years ago and said, I'm going to take the sickness for, my, for the people I love. That's an incredible benefit. And Isaiah speaks of that many years before it happened. He prophesied this principle in, in Isaiah 53 verse 5. He was pierced. He was, you know, his, by his wounds we are healed. Wow, why don't we just continue to remember that? That's a great reason to have communion, isn't it? To thank him, to, to, to receive his benefit. But you've got to say this, there's more. Come on, there's more. We have the joy of salvation. Psalm 51 verse 10 and 12. It says in verse 10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is David confessing after he'd, he'd, he'd committed adultery with um, Bathsheba. Okay. Uh, and now he's, he's, he's written this song. And he says, You've got to create within me a clean heart. I've blown it. I love David's heart. He blew it big time, but he repented. And no wonder he was the apple of God's eye, hey? Because he had a soft heart. You know. So he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. And do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me what? The joy of, your, of my salvation. And grant me, no, not his, of your salvation. The joy of your salvation. David is again prophesying of what's going to happen in, two, in, in many years to come when Jesus hung on a cross and, and rose again. Salvation was going to come. Wow. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I love this. I think, I think those who believe in the Lord Jesus should be the happiest people on earth. It's not because problems happen. Problems happen. You know, I understand, you know, we were just saying this morning, when someone says, how are you going? And you say, great, good. But if you've got 10 minutes, I'll tell you the truth. But sometimes there's nothing wrong with saying good because in your heart, you know, God's good and he's good towards you. And the problem is your face. All things can work together for good. We just sang that. And so it's not bad to say good. It's just good to realize where the goodness is coming from. It's good to acknowledge it's God. And so we see um, joy is not what the world gives. And it's not what the world can take away either. Um, the world gives a temporary joy based on things, based on what you have sometimes, or what you can do, or, you know, the period what you're going through. But Jesus says, receive a joy based on hope of life and forever receive that. In actual fact, you can live on this joy and have nothing in this world in the way of material possessions, but have great joy and happiness and peace. In actual fact, some of the happiest people on the earth have got very little sometimes, but they've got great joy because they know their Savior. And of all the things that you and I in this incredibly affluent country, let's be more, more pacific, in this incredibly affluent city of Gladstone in some ways. Um, all those things, oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad you've got them. But at the end, they, they can't really give you what Christ can give you. They can't give you <laughs> true peace and joy. Here's another one. Come on. There's what? More. We need not fear death. You know, Romans 8, 38 and 39. Let me read this. I am convinced that neither left, not left, death, nor life. Left is when you put an L on the front of 
death left. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ Jesus. Paul actually said, he was talking about, I'm torn between living and dying. He knew he was going to die um, because his life had been threatened many times because he was preaching the good news of Jesus and the Pharisees were on his tail. They didn't want him to do that. And uh, uh, he was, he was um, wrecking their party and so they were going to kill him. So he knew he was going to die. But, but he says, you know what? I, I believe it'll be in God's timing and God's moment. And he lived according to what God's plan for him. He eventually was martyred. But... Um, and he said, to die means I would be with the Lord, which would be exciting. But to live would mean I continue to be a testimony of Jesus Christ's saving love and grace. And so he opted to live and God had him live for a certain time. Uh, Jesus was um, taken, we often call um, what's called the sting of death. You ever heard of that? You know, the Bible says, you know, where is thy sting, O death? It's an Old Testament verse. And I want to tell you that one of the concerns we can have as we get older and older is that what's going to happen I'm going to die, I'm going to pass, and you know, all these type of things. I want to tell you that you don't have to, re- don't have to be um, fearing that point in time. You can be looking forward to it like Paul. Um, and you might say, oh, that's really weird and that's crazy thought. You shouldn't. No, 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 you can. So you, you, you don't need to be thinking about death right now or looking what's going to happen. You did, but when you focus upon him, you enjoy the moment knowing that he's got the future wrapped up for you. And so the sting of death or death itself does not have to be a sting in the tail for you. It can be just another step into eternity, which will be exciting. And so, you know, I've seen some people on their deathbed not enjoy death. And I've seen some people on their deathbed literally as they die in, just happy about their future. And I think, when well, I want that, what that happy person's got. And it's what they've got is often the belief and understanding Jesus Christ died on a cross. And he, set, he, he came alive and rose victorious. And they will too, because Jesus took the sting of that fear of death out of their hearts. And I think that's a good way to live. In actual fact, if I was, if, if, if for some reason I, I was to die today, um, you know, all would not be lost. I think that it'd be incredibly sad for my family, but all would not be lost. Heaven is a great destination, they tell me. I haven't been there yet. I'm not really planning on it any moment, but the truth is, is that it wouldn't be a loss to me, you know. And this is a great comfort. You know, when I talk to, to mums who have stillborn babies or maybe even um, babies who have passed away, miscarriages, I want to say, did you realize in the midst of their grief, and some of you ladies have faced that, but in the, may, may this be a comfort, in the midst of the grief of what you face, may you understand that that baby has gone from the warmth and the safety of a womb ushered straight into heaven, and they don't know any different. What a glorious life they're living. They probably think, is this what my life is to be? From the safety of my mother's womb, straight into heaven. Wow, this is pretty good. But it's sad for us. And that's, that, that's a reality. Okay, so death can lose its sting because of the, through Jesus Christ and what he'd done for us. Here's, here is the last one, and we'll finish with this. And it just says this. Stress, um, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, For he himself is our peace. He himself, who's him? Jesus. He's our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the, the, the barrier or the dividing wall of hostility between us and God because he's, Jesus Christ has taken, torn the curtain in the tabernacle, made us open in relationship with God. And, uh, he's, and because of that, there's incredible peace. I want to tell you today, stress is illegal in our lives. 
It's, if it's in your heart today, it's trespassing in your heart today. It's illegal. Because God says, I've come to give peace and peace. What does it say? I've forgotten. I've come to give peace. Abundantly, that's it. Something like that. That's great. So, you know, I, I just think that's amazing. <laughs> he wants to give us peace. The world can be in uproar around you. Troubles and trials can be all around you. And there's some nights, I tell you what, I'm tempted to lay there and think about, oh, this, this, and this, and this. And then I get, forget it. Not forget it to do it, but just forget it for the moment because it's not something you have to stress. And I get in you. And, and in those times, you know what you need to do? Is you need to, I find this is the best thing for me. I'll just say, praise God anyway. And his peace comes. You might think, oh, that seems too easy. Well, it's just his presence. Whatever, however you want to come into his presence, do it. It might, doesn't have to be that. But for me, it's sometimes just praise you anyway, God. It can be just a prayer. God, I cast my care upon you because you care for me. 1 Peter chapter 4, I thank you. Whatever you have to do. But it says, I receive your peace. Because I tell you what, one of the biggest killers in society today is stress. <laughs> it attacks our physical organs, doesn't it? He wants his peace. He doesn't want just his people who believe in him, believers in Jesus, to be the happiest people on the earth. He just wants them to also be the peaceful most people on the earth. Because out of peace comes an incredible hope. Out of peace comes so much better way to do life. Out of peace helps me to make better decisions because I'm not stressed about things. I make more accurate and clear decisions. So there you go. Now, I could tell you some more, but I just think those things are wonderful. And the Bible says, don't forget them. Don't forget them. I've just explained to you five minutes of my prayer time with God every day. Because I've memorized, there's nine. I gave you seven, I think, today. So I just, I, I literally walk up and down these aisles at night to say, Father, I just thank you for your benefits today. I thank you that I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I thank you that I'm redeemed from the slavery of sin. I thank you that you've blessed me, that you've forgiven me. I thank you that you've given me the joy of my salvation. I thank you that I don't need to fear death. I didn't tell you about the one that, you know, uh, which says that we don't need to, um, the works of the enemy are destroyed, but they are because of Christ Jesus on the cross. And then I say, Father, I thank you that stress is illegal, and I thank you that sickness is illegal, and I just want to thank you that my identity now is in Christ Jesus. It's not in those things. It's not in my position. It's not in my title. It's not in my ability. It's in you that I live and move and have my being. And there you go. I've just prayed my prayer. And, you know, you might say, how do you do that without getting, you've got to be careful it doesn't become religious and just rattle it off you know but what you've got to do is you've got to live and say Jesus it's because of communion it's because of the reality of what you did Jesus it says remember your death we've got to remember remember his death we celebrate his death why because what, what happened it's not just his death but what it benefits it brings us in a wholesome way that he um, that we can live because of it I love it so when we're in Christ don't listen to what your past tells you. Don't listen to what your circumstances tell you. Don't listen to what your body limits tell you. Don't listen to what your mind limits you to. Don't listen to sometimes even your good friends tell you. Um, and, and, you know, don't even but certainly don't listen to what the enemy tells you. Because in Romans 8.37, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors in myself. No, I'm more than conquerors in Christ Jesus.
We're going to share communion now. Thank you, folks. If your life depends on air for physical life today, if your life depends on physical life through air that you breathe, can I say your spiritual life depends on God's truth, God's word, and knowing and having that revelation of Jesus Christ and what he's done for you when he died on a cross, he was buried, and then he rose again. Your life, your spiritual life depends, what I've just shared, I've got no qualms in saying it depends on His Word I've just shared with you. Not what I've just shared. His truth and His principles. It depends. That's spiritual. depends on understanding. Now, you might not rattle them off like I do, or you might not you know, grab everyone, but why not? Whether it's every day or every week or sometime, just say, Father, I thank you for the benefits. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your truth. I thank you what Jesus Christ has done. I thank you that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I thank you that I'm, I'm blessed today. Abraham's blessing. Thanks, Andrew. I thank you. I thank you. And it says at that last meal they had together, Jesus says, take and eat this little piece of this bread. He broke the bread before them. Can you imagine there was a loaf of bread and, and he broke it before them and he he took off pieces and he gave it to them. Or maybe he just gave them the full loaf and they broke piece off and passed it on probably. And they took that bread and he says, see this bread? It just represents something. It's not my body, but it just represents something. See this little piece of wafer biscuit on the top here? It represents something today. There's nothing spiritual about this thing I've got in my hand, the drink or the, or, or the, um, the, the little piece of biscuit. There's nothing spiritual about that. But in your heart, the presence of God wants to dwell. And as you eat and drink, you can believe and thank him. And, and, and receive his benefits or say thank you for them. And that's what makes it impacting. That's what's powerful. Jesus just gave us a physical example of a spiritual work. And this is what it is, is communion as we share together. Now, the Bible, what I haven't shared, because there's many things to share about communion, but the Bible says if there's anything, don't eat unworthy. And the unworthy bit is just taking a moment say, hey, God, is there anything between you and me right at the moment? And if there is, I just give it to you. I just give it to you. Um, and you know what? You can say, well, I can't partake this morning. No, you can. It, as soon as you say, well, God, I'm sorry. Repent of that. Straight away, you're accepted. You can partake of communion. And then th the truth is, is that sometimes we don't know everything that we've done wrong. And do you know what? God's very gracious. If we're gonna, See, the whole thing is about the heart attitude. And if you forget something that you've done not right, God's not going to condemn you for it. He might remind you in hours or days to come, but He just wants you to be right before Him in your heart. If your heart is just humbly bowed before Him, communion is about a humble bowing of our hearts before Him and saying, it's in you, Lord Jesus, that I live and move and have my being. And as I take of this bread, and that's what we're going to do right now, we're just going to take the bread. And we're just going to, and as Jesus held it up, and he says, this is my bread, bread that is broken for you. So we, we today, just are thankful because this represents his body that was broken. And he says, take, eat in remembrance of me. So let me pray today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your body that was broken for us. It's a symbol and representation of literally what you went through. 
literally death on a cross, your body was broken. And we thank you for that. And in the, the cup, after supper or after the main meal, you took it and you shared it amongst the disciples. And you literally said, this little cup or this cup of wine as it was in those days is at my blood. It's the blood. It's the life-giving blood that I'm about to give for you. And drink it and eat it in remembrance of me. And they did that. They ate of the little biscuit and they drank. And we just thank you, Lord, today for those things that you've set in place. One of the most significant things in the Christian belief, faith and system of Christianity is to share communion and to know you and to walk with you and to receive your best benefits of forgiveness and mercy and healing and health and blessing. And we thank you and receive that and we take it and eat and drink it right now. So let's eat and drink in remembrance of him right now, folks. Take that moment if you need to before him before you eat and drink if that's what you need to do but just take it thank you Father thank you Jesus come on thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you. Hey, Andrew, how about you just pray, buddy, and just lead us in prayer. Thank you. Well, we just thank you for today, for all your benefits that you've done for each and every one of us. Father, we claim healing in your wonderful name, breakthrough in your wonderful name. Father, God, yes. just thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can have salvation in your name. Father, for what you've done and you died on the cross for us, for your shed blood, all these benefits that we can all receive of freely today. Freely, Father, we thank you. Thank you for the free gift of salvation, yeah. healing. Father, all the things, all the benefits that have been spoken about this morning. Yeah. We want to thank you. And you are so grateful for a great God who looks after us and cares for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Andrew. Can we just stand as we just worship one last time this morning? Weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Because my God will never fail. Because my God will I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. Oh, the battle belongs to you. Yes, I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. Oh, the battle belongs to you.
go remembering and being thankful hey maybe you're here today and you, you need to have you need to respond to Lord Jesus because you've maybe never done that or you know you need to do it afresh you know I'm just going to encourage you, you you just got to say father it's a prayer that you pray in your heart it's more than just, it's a heart response maybe today you know there's healing need in your body you need to um, say father I'm just going to believe because of what you've done for me for your healing power pray for yourself believe Maybe you, you, there's the habit of sin that just wants to constantly knock on your door. You say, uh, you know, you mightn't get it right every time, but you can say, God, I'm believing for a breakthrough and victory that you've dealt with the slavery. I'm not going to be a slave to this anymore. And it's because of Jesus what you've done. So a revelation of Him is so vital of Jesus and what He's done for us. Have a great day, church. Encourage someone today before you go. Thank you.